Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duke of Hobbies. How are we doing today, Nick? Pretty good, actually. I um, was able to play a bunch of little events on uh, TCGO recently, uh, taking on that Poison Eternatus build, and mm-hmm. got a couple of fun wins out of it. Uh, the, the, but the weirdest game ever was my third one, actually, uh, in round three to, to win the event again. Uh, I'm facing Toxtricity, and I was like, okay. oh, wow, I hadn't seen that deck in a while. Uh, it didn't go well for either of us because neither of us drew energy for the first five turns. Wow. And that's I actually, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I I chatted up. Uh, uh, you know, he used Crobats too. I was using Crobats. He was doing damage with Poison. I was doing damage with Poison. But then that was it. And then on the sixth turn, he was able to draw one energy, and then he drew Tapu Koku, and then he was able to start damaging me. So I wow. had I never drew a single energy the whole game. I had a full bench. Uh, with two Eternatuses, and I, I Marnied two times. <laughs> yeah, nothing. nothing. It, it sounds a like real... a winning winning combination. Or uh, you full bench with no energy. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. I, I had. I think I had the, the three Toxic Croaks going and everything too. So it was. It was a close game. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. Was, yeah. But yeah. So uh, yesterday I did my uh, Players Cup. Uh, you know, the, the second phase of the Players' Cup. It didn't go too hot for me. I, the first round, I drew into Luke Metal, which I was actually uh, practicing quite a bit, uh, that specific matchup. I was, uh, oh, by the way, I was playing Pikaram. Um, game one, I won very close. Got a boss at the very end. Got to knock out the Luke Metal that was hiding on the bench. Uh, game two was super close. Um, just... I had to get rid of too many resources early and he ended up just taking it at the end and game three again I just uh, I kind of braked and it took me two to three turns to really get going and at that point I had to get, uh, use too many uh, resources to to get up and running and then I, you know, I was just too behind and I, at that point I actually the, the opponent just got me to deck out which you know that's what Luke Metal does um so then the next round was a little interesting. So I was matched up against the Poison Eternatus, and my opponent never showed up. So they got DQ'd. I got the win, but then I went straight into my next match was still round two. And it was against the Excadrill uh, deck, and I didn't have a, ch- a ch- uh, chance in heck. Uh, he just wiped me 2-0 uh, every time... I got something running. He just, you know, one shot knocks out or knocks out my Picaram or my Bolton or whatever, whatever the threat was. So my run was done rather quickly. But for my first uh, attempt I, at a big tournament, I was pretty happy with just at least making it. It was just a little unfortunate that I went into uh, almost an auto loss match at my second game. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, that sucks. I mean, again, we were talking about this before the show and stuff. It's amazing. It's awesome that you were able to, you know, you worked real hard to get to join it and everything too. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to do a little better in the playoff, or you know, at least take one or two people down with me along the way. But you know, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe next time I'll I have a, a a spot to improve. So let's see if I can try to do that. So. Yeah, we got to get ready for teams. Yeah, no, I'm excited for the teams. We can talk about that a little bit later, but uh, today we actually have a another guest on today. It was a really awesome uh, episode planned. Uh, we have Count the Money, a.k.a. Dan Underco. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. Thank you for joining. Absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure. So for the people that don't actually know uh, who you are, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so um, my name's Dan. I live in uh, East Texas here. I'm uh, I've now become a part of the Pokemon community here. I am. Uh, I have four children. My wife actually had a baby uh, almost a month ago, and I have three oh. boys who are all 
uh, actually really good Pokemon players. Um, and so they started playing maybe about a year and a half ago, and then it turned into me watching them and, you know, watching matches and starting to just eventually I got the, the urge to, to give it a shot. So, um, yeah, been playing actually, I was looking, I looked, I logged in my account yesterday and, um, the first league challenge I ever played was actually this day a year ago. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, it was cool. I won it with a, a Nat Quag deck that I made. It was kind of pretty wacky. I ran like a Whimsicott and uh, a Lapras. I ran all kinds of weird things. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that day really vividly because we came home with my wife on a Sunday afternoon and she's like, oh, how'd it go, guys? Good. And then they were like, the boys were like, daddy won the league challenge. And my wife looks over like, what? <laughs> it's kind of sheepish. Like, yeah, I did. I got check out my cool Professor Elms lecture card. You know. <laughs> so, anyways, um, nice, nice. So, uh, it's it's been fun. Um, I've really, uh, I think, what's been really fun is uh, like this spring. I'm a big baseball fan, and I and I love fantasy baseball. That's one of the ways I kind of nerd out and get into the analytical focus. And baseball was delayed by like four months, and so. COVID, being quarantined, no baseball. I think that's kind of like where I hit like the turbo charge on Pokemon, right? I was playing in the fall and in the winter and I was doing well, but that's when I kind of like everything just really accelerated for me. Um, yeah. And so now uh, it's just, it's something that I really love. And I'm, I'm uh, excited to just chat with you all today and share a little bit about uh, some of the things I've done and experience all of the above. Definitely. That's awesome. It kind of seems like that's, kind of the story that both Nick and I have, where it's like the quarantine really kind of ramped up our play as well. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, congratulations on the new kid. Appreciate uh, definitely. it. Definitely. <laughs> so any Absolutely. more, any more on the way other than uh, just the four? Are you, you going to stop there? Are you, uh... <laughs> um, I, I mean, you never know, uh, but no, no firm plans as far as any yeah. beyond that. But... <laughs> Awesome. Well, Jake, I think we got to go through our questions. Start with the first one. Dan, what was the first ever starter Pokemon that you that you picked in any of the generations of the games, assuming that you've played any of them? So I'll date myself a little bit. Pokemon um, Red, Blue, and Yellow, uh, they, were, they came out when I was in middle school, I believe. And I didn't have a Game Boy. But... Everyone was playing Pokemon like under their desk in class, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the first, I don't, I think the first starter when I actually got the game and played it myself, I'm pretty sure it was Squirtle. But the first Pokemon I ever caught, uh, it's a quick story, it's kind of funny, was actually Jigglypuff. And what happened is I convinced my friend Amanda, like, hey, you know, like pass me that Game Boy. Like, I want to play. I want to see what this is all about. Yeah. So she hands me the Game Boy and I start, I'm walking through the grass. And I'm like, hey, there's a Pidgey. And she's like, no, don't catch that. You know, oh, there's a Caterpie. Don't catch that. You know, the, the usual Rattata, whatever. And then I was like, hey, uh, there's a Jigglypuff. She's like, oh, I don't have that. So I caught the Jigglypuff. Um, nice. And I named it after myself. So um, I kind of feel like <laughs> that was my starter Pokemon. But anyway. No, that's, a, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Yeah, actually, isn't like Jigglypuff really hard to find early on in that game too? Like, that's like one of the rare rares, kind of like Abra. Yeah, I think it's like right before you get up on Mount Moon. There's like a, a patch of grass there. You can find it. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, it's been so long. We've been talking to, you know, we've had a uh, couple people on about this, and we now asking these questions. It's like now I really want to go back and play Red, Blue, or Yellow. Yeah, <laughs> I've only played Red, Blue, and Yellow and Gold and Silver. Those are the only ones I've actually played. Uh, my one of my kids is just beat Black and White. Um, we, I picked up a DS recently at Goodwill for like twenty bucks, and so I borrowed a couple of those games. So um, someday I'm sure I'll I'll dive into those. Yeah, for sure. So our normal uh, second question would be how you got into the TPG, but you kind of already uh, answered that. Uh, with the the whole kid thing, so I guess we can just jump in straight to what's your favorite Pokemon card? My favorite Pokemon card. Um, that is interesting. So I am not a collector. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a player. I'm the kind of person where you know, if, especially when I'm trying to you know, uh, fill up you know four decks. Right, <laughs> there's three players in my family. So if I'm pulling <laughs> like a 
a hyper rare or a secret rare trainer, I'm thinking, okay, you know, what can I do to get the card? So like, uh, for example, darkness blaze pre-release recently, I pulled the Charizard RV max. Um, and I traded it for like, uh, three crowbats that day, you know, cause oh, I'm wow. like, I've got four, I've got three kids and me, like we need crowbats. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that Charizard really is not, uh, ne- not necessary, but those crowbats for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Smart. So, um, my favorite card, uh, as far as playability, the card that I felt really that I, I miss a lot, I just rotate is actually Acrobike. Um, mm-hmm. I just, it, I think back to when I was playing like say November, December last year and not understanding how to thin and how to get through your deck to where you get to the bottom and you know what you have left to really execute and close games out. Yeah. Acrobike was kind of like, you know, uh, or there was no pressers research, but cards like research or Juniper or Sycamore or Acrobike, those cards were always scary. You were kind of like, I like draw supporters. I like Cynthia. Cause I, I don't really know if I want to get rid of things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but Acrobike was one of those cards that just really helped to ramp up, uh, consistency for me. And, uh, and it's just a card. I really, I, I felt like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's a card that I really, really enjoy. And, and I miss a lot as far as a card that's, uh, visually that I like, um, there is a Jigglypuff that I think it's one of the very first Jigglypuffs where Jigglypuff's kind of chilling out, kind of like on a tree branch. It, um, you can see notes in the air. He's kind of like singing a song. There's like a beautiful sunset. It's just a very Mm -hmm. wholesome, warm card. So aesthetically, I, I really love that card and I have a copy of it, but as far as a card that I just really enjoyed in a lot of decks, I really, really enjoy, um, Acrobike. No, that's a, that's a good answer. I, I didn't really play that much um, before it rotated until like right before. And I'm like, oh man, this card really is very good. I kind of underrated it, you know, when I first started playing. So sure. I could appreciate that answer. Absolutely. Now that our questions are, we can uh, go into the meat of the conversation. Um, recently, you've done very well in uh, two, two in a row Sunday open top eight finishes. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So, um, uh, it's been really fun. I, uh, my wife, uh, obviously had a baby, so I was on a little bit of, uh, paternity leave and I've had a, a little bit of time to play tournaments. Um, I've been trying to get one maybe every week, maybe, um, maybe every two weeks. I've really, really enjoyed, um, the new Limbless website that everything runs through. I think it's, it's really, really fantastic. Um, and that's been, it's just so awesome. Like I, I played in limitless Q3 and Q4. Those were great experiences. And then the next term I played in was the pog tournament. And that Mm -hmm. was, that was tough. It was just so long, um, you know, over an hour between rounds. And then I played in the first, I played in the limitless tournament, the first new of the weekly series. And when I saw that website, I was like, dang, this is great. And it suddenly, it didn't feel like playing in an online tournament was that huge of a deal. Like you could, Hey, got, look at the schedule. Things are pretty cool. Got a few hours. Hey, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. Versus before, you know, with, with, you know, job three, now four kids, it's hard to like block off a Saturday to play in <laughs> something. So um, long and short, um, I was getting ready. So the first Sunday open that I played in was um, I want to say like, uh, a couple weeks ago anyway i was i wanted to play something fun and i'd been testing out a dark uh mewtwo deck it didn't run hydrogen hydro dragon can't pronounce that sorry uh it was more <laughs> of a red and blue build with weevil Sovali, and it was really good it had good matchups i thought i really liked the matchups of pika and i really liked the matchups of uh for aep matchup and so i was testing that and uh so, you know, go in, check into the tournament. I'm hanging out with John, my oldest son. And he's like, we're, you know, just kind of sitting there watching the clock until things go. And he's like, well, let's play a couple of games. So um, we didn't tell each other what we were playing, but he went ahead and fired up this, this Greedent deck that we built. And yeah. I, I took my deck and he just absolutely mopped the floor uh, with me. And I thought, I started looking at uh recent tournament results and that's one of the other things i love about limitless is that you can go into the metagame and see and what i noticed was adp was like trending down as far as the meta share 
Yeah. Um, it had been typically about 20 to 25% of the meta in the last couple of tournaments. It, it had got down to about 12 or 10%. And so I looked over at John and was like, John, I don't think I'm going to hit any ADP today. And he goes, yeah. I said, what's, what's run green. So I took the list that we built and I made some last second adjustments. I threw in a one, one Altaria line. Um, I really love the Pika matchup and I love the Eternatus matchup. So I thought it could be a really good meta call today. I also threw in a Mew, uh, mainly for, for Pika, um, and made a few changes. I added a twin energy to our list because I was worried about the crushing hammers mm-hmm. and, and decided to sleeve it up. And the deck itself, if, if you're listening and you, and you haven't seen the list, uh, it runs four dolls. It runs a 2-2 two, two Cursola line, and it runs a 1-1 one, one Altaria line. So obviously, um, the dolls, the Cursolas, and the Altaria all pose different problems um, you know, yes. for your opponent. So my mindset was I'm not expecting people to swing into the Cursola with like a three-prizer. But I'm trying to put barriers up because if I miss ADP, no one runs six bosses orders, right? Um, yeah. ADP is very problematic for the deck. I have beaten it, but it's it's a tough matchup. Um, but the Altaria, it's more of a it's more of a red herring, really. Like when you bench the Suave Blue, immediately your opponent kind of freaks out. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> now I gotta find a way to deal with this. And multiple times in the tournament, John was watching me and I benched the Suave Blue, and then they would drop everything to like destroy the Suave Blue. And I'm like, Yep. And by then I'm like, I've got multiple Squobits, that's the baby green on the bench. I've got my Cursola and like y- y- if that makes any sense. And the same thing with the Cursola. Yeah. Again, people in the whole tournament, no one actually got knocked out by a Cursola, but it 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 was it's 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 disruptive. It's not hand disruption, but it really puts your opponent on their heels and they're it really throws them off their game plan, which allows you to really set up and and come up with a pathway uh to win. So Long right, and short, right. in that tournament, ADP ended up, I think there was 90 people, and I think there was 9 ADP. So ADP was only 10% of the meta share. And that's not that's not insane, right? Like, maybe yeah. a 60% chance of hitting one ADP. And uh, I didn't hit any ADPs. So um, it ended up being a really good meta call. Then sure enough, the next Sunday open, I think <laughs> ADP was back up to like 27%. And we can blame um, you for that. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> Um, so anyways, I'm going to go ahead and stop for a second and let you guys kind of jump in with some comments. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely kind of agree on the point with the whole um, Altaria, the Swablu thing. Uh, anytime I, like even going to like um, Decidueye, if I see the Rallets on there, especially as like a, as a player that plays a lot of these three prizers, um, these basics that are going to be walled off, like I've dropped everything from my normal game plan to try to take these out and I can see how Doing that could really screw you up, especially against a build like this, because it's not quite the deck that probably people were expecting that day. Absolutely. And also, too, for Pikaram. So uh, it was it, the Swablu was really good against Pikaram, because what it does is a lot of times Pikaram's only out to taking out an Altaria is the type of Cocoa Prism. Yeah. So suddenly they can't pop it early and start full blitzing and getting themselves set up. They kind of got to like either deal with the Swablu quickly or um that you know hold on to that cocoa to eventually deal with that threat yeah and i mean i guess people might be assuming especially early game if you're throwing that swablu that they're not thinking that you have other um outs like the greedent and the cursola so they're thinking they're only going to have to deal with a bunch of swablus um and alterias and i've definitely won a game or two with with the whole um tapu coco prism um, but then also, I mean, your deck can just knock that out anyways. Uh, a, a standard Swablu deck wouldn't be able to do that because they just don't hit hard enough. Exactly. And uh, also, you can potentially blame me for this. I've noticed in the last week or two, people have just been splashing in Altaria lines. Uh, yeah. One-ones or two-twos <laughs> Altaria yep. lines. And so um, that was kind of, and that was really, I'm 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 dead serious. I think the Altaria line was like, I was, you know, the tournament started at, you know, 10 or 11 Eastern. I mean, I, I submitted the updated deck list with those changes like 30 seconds before the buzzer. It was a total <laughs> oh, last wow. minute move, uh, but it was good. And um, 
uh, actually in one of the games in my top eight game, I played Pika and I, I won the first game and I threw in the second game. I had a, I had, I, I, I totally threw that game, but in game one, he popped his cocoa. And I looked over at John, my son, and I was like, I think I'm just going to wall him. And yeah, and I did. And that's how I won game one. Um, so again, if, if they, if they don't respect it, then you can make them pay. The thing I love about this deck, and I was, I actually recreated best I could. I still don't have a Mew online, so that's. I'll trade (laughs) you. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm actually working towards a whole set of other stuff, but uh, uh, I'm I'm working on a trade with someone else that I know uh, to get it. But um, you know, I love this. It's a it's a disruption deck, but you know, it it's a skilled disruption. And, yes. you know, this is not the typical, you know, I just, I'm running four hammers and that's the disruption plus a couple Martys, uh, you know, right now this, you know, you, you got that, you have a wondrous labyrinth in there, which I love. I love the fact that the, that is in this deck. And I've, I, when I playing this, I've seen that a few times, just, I put it out there and for maybe one or two turns, that's all it's there for, because eventually, it, you know, someone has something to get rid of it. They have their own Marsh shadow or the, you know, everyone's running two to three, um, uh, stadium set right now, but you could just stop a whole turn of attacking. Absolutely. And actually I remember vividly in the tournament, um, I played a Desi Goons, and he did not play a stadium. And so I dropped the Wondrous <laughs> Lab, and Obstagoon and Decidueye are completely reliant on manual attaching. So yeah. if, they're folk, if they're forced to attach three times to attack, it was just game over. Um, yeah. Because in the deck, I ran triple acceleration. So I could attach triple excels to Delisopod or to Greedent and just mop them up. And so that when I dropped that lab, it was just like, I don't think this guy's going to get an attack off the whole game. Cause by the time he gets it, you know, fired up, it's, you know, I'm knocking it out. Yeah. And then he has to do it all over again. And it's just too much to ask for at that point. Absolutely. And, and just to make sure that those listening right now uh, understand the, the greed and aspect of this, this is the greed attacking one with smack and run. And so when you attack with this, all the cards attached to that green come back to your hand, including triple acceleration. That's the yes. that's the joy of this card. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree. That that uh that's very cheeky play and awesome. And I didn't actually expect it until I saw this list. Yeah, and I believe um there is the Behem has a similar attack. Um if you got you know which Behem, I think it's from Unified Minds or Unbroken Bonds or something like that, where it does item lock, but I believe the cards go back into the deck. Uh okay. which is a little bit different. Um and the the reason why I like this deck is because I could <clears throat> use um the so for example the triple XL or even the twin energy, either one, go back in my hand. So let's say I'm going against uh an Eternatus. Um, I could punch the Eternatus for a hundred, and then I have my my you know twin or triple back in my hand. And then if I've got the Glycopod on the bench, then next turn I can just clean up that. It sounds funny to say just clean up an Eternatus because they're absolutely massive, but yeah, you know, the Glycopod can hit like a truck. And it's funny you there was a deck you've probably seen it around. Um, I think Andrew Mahone, uh, Tricky Jim yes. built Aeropod. And yeah, I stole that ever, deck. <laughs> ever since Aeropod came out, John and I, my son, because we play Greedent, we're like, I don't understand Aeropod. Greedent is just so much better. And so, um, again, I just turned out that one day uh, I was bold enough and it, the meta looked right to, to go ahead and give Greedent a chance and, and Greedent decide to shine. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, talk a little bit more about the Cursola in, in, uh, in that match or that weekend uh, I find that card to be very interesting in this build. Yeah, the Cursola is really cool. Um, I, I, the, our original list actually ran a 3-3 line of Cursola, and so I trimmed it down to 2-2 to, to make room for the Altaria uh, mm-hmm. Swablu line. Uh, but once again, you know, you've got the four dolls and the Cursola, so you're really never in a position where you can't, if you're using hit and run that you can't throw something up there that is going to be either doesn't get them prizes or extremely, extremely risky uh, for your opponent. Um, And actually I I take it back. I remember now 
one person did get knocked out by the Cursola, and it was actually a Blacephalon. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and um, I think the Blown already had 100 damage on it, so it didn't seem like much um, that he knocked himself out because that thing was, you know, had 20 HP left. But yeah. what it did is it forced them the next turn to have to play Welder again instead of using Boss or something like that. So, yeah, definitely. Um, Cursola is really cool, and um, I did notice the week after the deck hit, there was there was like three or four, I was very flattered, three or four YouTube videos where content creators were highlighting the deck. And a lot of them were really, really leaning into the Cursola. Like, they wanted to get that moment where, you know, an ADP or a, uh, an Eternatus or a Cinescorch, a three-prizer, swings in the Cursola and you get the, the coin flip knockout. And while I was watching those videos, like, that's it's cool it's 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 obviously super cool whenever they knock you out and they lose three prizes but yeah but i think, I think it was Sableyes. Like... He, he did a recent he did a video on it too and he had i think he had two eternuses die to the cursola <laughs> yeah. in the match and i was like well that's game <laughs> exactly yeah. um but really that's you don't it's you know like i'm not a huge fan of like you know flippy cards and crushing hammers and stuff that's the, you don't win by them knocking themselves out with Ursula. You win by disrupting them and throwing them off their game plan. Like, you mm-hmm. you know, against Eternatus, like, in, in, I saw the Sableye video, and he even said, if he misses the flip, if he attacks in this Cursola and misses the flip, I think we're still in a great spot to win. And that's, and that's, that's true. So it's, again, you're not, it's not a cheesy wall deck where you're just like, I hope that you flip well otherwise you lose it's it really is very very uh you know strategic in how you run it and um it's 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 awesome uh the Cursolas are are great and i know a lot of people really loved that card when it first came out at the concept of the card and uh it's probably one of the first times i think that someone saw success actually saw success using it so that was really yeah cool. i gotta give you props that's uh this is an awesome deck and uh I can't. T- I I can't wait to see you know your next your next uh, creation. <laughs> yeah. Well, real real quick before we move on though, I wanna I wanna ask though, like, uh, for those who are working on this deck, uh, you know, what do you what what's your ideal bench setup going in? Like, where where do you want to be at basically after a couple turns into the game with this with this deck? Sure. Well, um, obviously you're playing Picarom. Uh, you know, having a Mew down or access to Mew is good. Um, a lot of times it's really helpful. Sometimes you don't want to flash the Mew because you want them to like full blitz to themselves, right? And then yeah. you drop the Mew and then it's like, aha. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> uh, but you you definitely want to have a couple Greedence down because that way you can really chain the Greedence. So if you got two Greedence down, what happens is when you attack with Greedence, then you've got another Greedent who's ready to be evolved. And you've already got the cards you've got, or I'm sorry, not two Greedents, two Squovits. You want to have two Squovits down uh, yeah. at a minimum because that way, you know, okay, so turn one, I get a couple couple Squovits, maybe get a, a Wimpod if I'm good, maybe a Cursola. The deck runs four Great Balls, four Comms, and four Quick Balls. So it's pretty easy to get to find Pokemon and like get your bench set up pretty fast. Uh, but you definitely want to get in a position where you have multiple squobits, so that way you can keep chaining that attack. So then, so uh, I'll put the picture. Turn one, you got two squobits. Turn two, evolve, attack, right? Cards go back in yeah. hand. Next turn, you bring up the next squobit. You bench the one that just came back to your hand. You evolve the one that you promoted with the greedent that came back, and there's the energy. And you can just keep keep chaining that. So right. mm-hmm. getting the two squobits is, is really big. Um, and uh, again... Depending on the matchup, sometimes, like I said, I'll flash that Swablu just to kind of, uh, you know, scare them a little bit or force them to, uh, to to modify their game plan. And like I said, anytime you're forcing your opponent to modify their game plan, that's a huge, that's huge. Definitely. Were there any bad, you know, bad matchups that you remember uh, when, like, playing this deck or, you know, just, sure. You know, overall, when you like, have you been playing? Actually, real quick, have you been playing this since that tournament at all? And yeah, I, 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 I still like to play it on the ladder. Um, it's still very good. Again, ADP is is tough. Um, but it's it's still very good. I would say probably one of the tougher matchups is Senescorch 
as well. I lost a very close game. The only loss I had in Swiss was to a Santa Scorch. And uh, I think he, he actually won the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, and it was very, very close. But the thing about Santa Scorch, I think, is that they can survive better than like Picaram or ADP with not over benching with a bunch of GXs and Bs. And that's really how you can punish a lot of the tag team decks with Galissapod because, you know, you can hit for, you know, 230, 280. Um, you know, Picaram, when's the last time you saw a Picaram bench? a Pikram setup that didn't have at least four or five Bs and GXs. Like it, it doesn't, that's it all doesn't it is. <laughs> yeah. Or Eternus. When's the last time you saw an Eternus that didn't have three Crobats and, and two Eternatuses, right? Um, yeah. Right. So he was pretty sharp because he didn't overbench and he also used his Eldegoss. Um, he looped his Eldegoss. So he was able to kind of get those bosses. And I, th- yeah. um, so that was, that was tougher. I still think it's winnable, uh, but obviously you know, he won the tournament. And I, th- I think he's a pretty prominent player. Um, so I'd say Senna Scorch is tough, but it's not it's not unwinnable. But that was one of the tougher matches. Picaram uh, and Eternatus, I mean, you mop the floor with those guys. Uh, Desi Goons, I beat a Desi Goons in the tournament. I beat a Blounds in the tournament. Uh, I think I beat a Dragapult, an Eternatus, and a Pika in, in Swiss. And again, those are all like meta decks. So yeah. um, the matchup spread is is pretty good. And I would definitely say, I mean, you definitely catch people off guard too. So Definitely. Uh, so so what ended up actually uh, knocking you out? Uh, Pikaram. So uh, we played best of three. Um, I won in round one. In round two, I, I literally... I threw, I mean, I, I absolutely threw the game and it was, it was difficult. My, my newborn daughter literally exploded in my lap uh, <laughs> and I was running back and forth and I was like changing a diaper and I was like, I hope PT, TCI or whatever, they don't ban me or something, but I'm like yelling across the room, like promote the green it, John, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I threw really hard uh, in game two. And then in game three, I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, but at that point I was just like, I was so psyched just to be in top eight, you know? And, um, so I, I threw game two and then game three, I think I just had a rough setup or, or something. Uh, but I, I do think, I, I still think the peak round matchup is very favorable for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, congrats on that run. Um, Thank you. And, and normally we would just stop there for, Hey, yeah, you, you got a top eight with this cool deck, but the very next weekend you, you top eight it again. Yeah, so um, this was not quite as rogue of a pick. It, it's now the deck that I ran with is Extra Drill. And now Extra Drill is yep. kind of like, since in the last two weeks, it's kind of like, it, you know, it's in the discussion as far as like the top six or eight decks. I'm looking at your deck, and this is actually the deck that knocked me out of Players Cup, where it just I was playing Picaram, and it just, it felt like I could not do anything against it. Yes, it's it's strong. And at the time, I would say it was an I would call it like an emerging deck, you know, like there mm-hmm. was a little bit of buzz, but it was still like fairly rogue. Um, and so I saw Sander Wojcik. I can't pronounce his name. He's a um, European player who's like a master control player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally we think extra drill. There's some extra drill control, but he right. posted this list that he used for his players cup run. So that Friday I went ahead and built it in, in, uh, in PTCGO and I started playing with it and it was like this feeling like, I don't know if you've ever like jumped in a car that you're not used to and you like rev the engine and all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, like there's some power there. Like that was yeah. kind of like, room, like, Oh, okay. Okay. I, I see what's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is good. You know, um, I liked it. I made one change, which, I guess it took a lot of audacity for me to like change a list from like one of the best players in the world. It wasn't, uh, he ran three looker whistles. I cut it down to two and I added another boss. Um, mm-hmm. the main reason for that is I just didn't trust my resource management abilities as much as him. Uh, you know, he's a control player, so he's used to having like all these one-offs and I was like, I just need to make sure I have boss ready. So it wasn't that my list is better. I think it was just more tailored to, not as good of a player. Um, but I went ahead and dove in with that list and um, did really well. Uh, I played two ADPs. I did knock off both ADPs. I think I knocked off a couple Picaroms. 
mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a Blown or something. And then uh, it was pretty cool because then I ID'd against uh, in the seventh round against another Excadrill, uh, which was really cool. So. All right, yeah, yeah, this nice. is this is the attack focus one. I think that's what, yeah. for the listeners uh, going on because uh, we hinted at it. There is a control one out there. It's a ice pick, uh, Jesse St. James kind of one, and it's it's a pure mill deck. Uh, but this one, I I really like this one. It's Exadrill. Uh, I'm not sure which set that's he's actually from. But he's from he, Cosmic Eclipse. Okay, it's the Cosmic Eclipse one. Um, mm-hmm. He got the eleventh hour tackle. And, and then also drill bazooka. So I mean, you're most of the time you're attacking with that drill bazooka, but then you know it's end game, and then here comes eleventh hour tackle, and what it's a hundred, it's a hundred and eighty damage with that attack. Then I believe, uh, yeah, yep, yeah, and that I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of damage, <laughs> real yeah. from a from a single prizer with one energy. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's great. I I've always been a big fan of single energy attackers. Like my favorite Pokemon from my favorite Pokemon card like card to play with uh, for a long time has been Spiritomb, which is another kind of glass cannon one energy attack. Obviously, the Greedon deck, like I mentioned, that's all attached to one energy. I I, I love those kind of decks. Um, so this Excadrill deck, I would really recommend it for anyone who is wants to improve their play if i would say if you're a novice to moderate player in that range i think this is a really good deck to try because there's a lot of micro decisions that are very subtle um that cause you to think and they start they really cause you to think about the overall game and flow i think it can really help your sequencing so for example the attack, the attack, the bazooka one, I think, the one that mills for. So yeah. in this deck, you've got your chinchinos, which is a discard draw two, and then you've got great balls, quick balls, all the above. And so, what you have to be mindful—it's research managing this deck. Every time you attack with the bazooka, you're you're milling four of your own cards. So you're inevitably you get down to the bottom of your deck, and you have like. You know, you've got, there's one Brock's Grit, there's like a Pal Pad, a couple Ordinary Rods. So you, it makes you really think about, okay, do I Marnie here? Do I, or should I Quick Ball first to reshuffle the deck? You know what I'm saying? Like, because what you can do is you can, you can find ways to kind of protect those resources. Because if you get late in the game and you don't got an Ordinary Rod, you can be up a creek where you just don't have any energy or you don't have an attacker available. Um, And so because there's so many drawing and search cards it really i think it's a really good deck i think a really experienced player could pick up this deck and and after two or three games be like okay i I can run this you know if like azul grabbed it he could probably you know you know after a couple he might make a couple mistakes early but then get it but i really think it's a great deck uh for if you want to improve your sequencing and uh, because it causes you to really think and manage those resources really well Definitely. I would agree that, yeah, this is a good deck just for the same reasons you said. Um, in my matchup against um, this deck yesterday in Players Cup, even even though he's one-shotting my, my guys, in both games, at the very end, he had like one or two cards left in his deck. And if I would have just, you know, or if he didn't sequence it correctly, he could have just very well run out of cards and just decked out. Um, so definitely That's- something to be cognizant of. Absolutely. It, it, that's that's totally true. I mean, the Excadrill deck really does want to get down to the bottom of the deck um, where you've got, because when you get down to like three cards, that's when you're doing the bazooka, uh, the, the 11th hour tackle or whatever. But again, yeah. I'm always trying to get it to where I'm down to my three cards, but I've got a pal pad and an ordinary rod and a, bo- and a Brock's grit. But what's so cool is then you get to some really cool combinations. So then you can be like, okay, next turn, I need to get an attacker. So I've got two chinchinos so what i could do is i can pal pad in a brock's grit double chinchino down to no cards then brock's grit and attack you know what i mean like there's there's yeah. different ways that you really have to to solve that little puzzle to make sure you don't self don't duck out not on the ladder playing casually i've gotten to that point where the the danger zone is when you have four cards left in deck and you want to attack you're like 
oh shoot <laughs> if, I, I, if i attack i mill myself out you know and it's like you have to make sure you get down to, to three uh yeah. you know because then if, if you're at four is that is the danger zone so yeah now this is i i i, I the most success i've seen with this deck is against the bigger prizes the, the you know the the three prizes and the two prizes what's it like when you face other single prizes though like what's a mere match like with this Oh, mirror. That was tough. I <laughs> lost to the mirror in top four and it was, it was tough because my, I believe my list was better suited for the mirror, but I, I, I bricked in my first game. I just, I just, it, which is, and it's not a bricky deck. It, it's a very consistent deck, but I just totally mm-hmm. bricked. Um, the mirror is tricky because you have um, martial arts dojo. Usually uh, you run one. And if you're playing in the mirror, that's probably the only stadium that's going to, you know, see, the light of day if you're playing in a mirror so what happens is early in the game the drill bazooka does 120 which does not one shot an extra drill right so then they swing into you for 120 but then when you get behind you've got the dojo so then you're hitting 160 so you're one hitting so it's kind of this back and forth um (laughs) thing i actually played a mirror this morning i was up early holding the baby and um i think I, I won the mirror, and I think that he he had to bench it to Denny at some point just to get things going. And I was like, okay, there we go. I'm jumping yeah. ahead on prizes, and that was the end of it. So, yeah, I would I would assume on those one, even if it's not a mirror, but just the one prizes. If there is a a Denny or a Crobat, you're just really pouncing on that. Oh yeah, for sure. And even like Baby Blounds, um, you know, you can Baby Blounds is usually dropping, you know, or Corio. Um, you can also take out uh, a Zacian light. You know, if you if you mm-hmm. drop that martial arts dojo with the eleventh hour tackle, that's two twenty. You can take out a Zacian. Um, mm-hmm. So usually, some of the versions run more two prize supporters, uh, but uh, I I try to avoid it if possible. Um, the other thing with against ADP, which I've actually uh, I played Excadrill on Thursday in the Crollo tournament. I finished ninth. I missed top eight. It was just uh-huh. barely. Um, but I was three. I, I made four ADPs. <laughs> I went three. I went three one against ADP. The key uh-huh. with that is you can bench one Dedenne or a Crobat. You just can't bench both. Um, yes. And so if you right. do Crobat or Dedenne early, you've really got to like discard the other one fast to avoid you know Mawile uh, you know getting you um, and luckily yeah. with the deck with the uh, Chinchinos it's it's pretty easy to discard stuff so you can like you know calm for the other Dedenne and just dump it just to kind of not not really have to worry about getting you know beat with with two swings you know that's that's an interesting point to make because I was playing Luke Metal and I only had a Zashian out uh, it was like turn one and now it makes more sense I think my opponent quickballed their crowbat and i went wow that's that's a bold move and and i knew they were playing they were playing exadrill and so it's just like that makes more sense if they thought i was playing adp he thought you were and, a mawile <laughs> yeah he, he prepared pre- pre- protecting against that that's uh, that's that's interesting i never would have thought of it that way that's, yeah i guarantee that's those, exactly why they did it <laughs> yeah and a lot of those adps now are switching to the double mawiles uh you know, for that mid to late game SmackDown, I've 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 experienced it a few times, so it's definitely a, a fair play. Yeah, and um, the thing too with uh, the Mawiles is I don't mind the Mawiles because those are kind of juicy, you know, two prizers, you know, because typically in ADP you're trying to you know take out a uh, take out like a, a Dedenne, a Crobat, and then like a Mawile. So if you can sequence it right, Dedenne and Crobat, you can take those guys out in the early game, you know, pretty easily. Um, and then, uh, you know, just with the, the Drill Bazooka. And then late game, if you get down to the bottom, then you can one-shot a Mawile with the uh, 11th hour tackle. So um, so I, I welcome the Mawile. <laughs> and you run and you run you run great catchers too, so you're actually able to pull that mawile up too if you if you really want to. Oh yeah, four boss and a great catcher. Uh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> play that game against ADP. Yeah, just uh, play their game, but just better. <laughs> I mean, pretty boss, much. Boss. <laughs> it, that that's that's kind of the move exactly. And 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 um, there, it runs crushing hammers. And I know a lot of people hate crushing hammers. I it's I necessary. personally. 
I personally blame ADP for crushing hammers, but um, but even if you if you go first and you don't even hit crushing hammers, you can still beat ADP because mm-hmm. you know kind of again you go first set up you know they you know attach pass you knock out something they alter creation you knock out another two prizer they take you out you know you can you the the hammers aren't necessary but uh, but they can they can certainly come in clutch definitely well. I would say that congrats on both top eight finishes. I can't wait to see what you come up with next. Um, in that vein, I actually want to just kind of talk about what it takes to build a deck that's quote unquote jank or, or, um, or at least at the very minimum, something that people aren't expecting what, what it takes to, you know, your mindset to make that kind of a deck. Oh, for sure. So um, the first thing I would, I would say is um, I don't think I'm like a deck building genius or anything like that but what i will say is this is over the last year even bef- uh, before you know we talked about in the spring how we are our, our like pokemon knowledge and awareness like accelerated right and kind of mm-hmm. uh, blew up um i was building decks that ended up kind of blowing up like i built for my my six-year-old i built a greens blounds list uh, and he's, he smacked a lot of people with it at league cups and challenges. <laughs> and then yeah. like a couple weeks later, I think Stefan Ivanov won like a German uh, or a regional in like Germany or something like that. And then the other deck that I built, that was my baby from like November through rotation was actually ADP spirit tomb. Uh, I built it and it was like, it was, uh, and it was, it was so good. And no one knew about it. And yeah. uh, my one of my kids was like, do you really think it's that good, Dad? Like, no one plays it. Is it top tier? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it seems really good to me. And then um, in the Limitless, um, oh, what's his name? Ross Catharn, who's like a, a really experienced, uh, f- you know, pretty famous player. He busted out. And I was like, vindication, you know, like, <laughs> I've, I've known this stuff is so good for so long. But w- the, the point of the story is, I think that we get trapped in this world of there's, there's these really smart content creators and people, and they've certainly thought of everything. And I just yeah. don't think it's the case um, because it took someone outside of me and my buddy, Patrick, who kind of built ADP spirit Tomb, It took someone six months to find that that deck was like a tier one deck, you know? And so yeah. the first thing I would say is don't ever think that you can't come up with something that, is as good as what everyone else thinks. Cause I just don't think that's the case. Now I will couple that with saying that now I, I, I am at a different place to where I can pretty quickly look at a deck and be like, this is a fun deck or this is competitively viable. I didn't have that. I didn't, I don't think I was there like six months ago, you know, I'd see a cool deck online and, Oh man, this could be the sauce, you know? And now yeah. I can, I, I still might enjoy playing that deck, but I can see pretty quickly, like, this is really cool and it's a really cool idea and it's fun, but it's not super, super, uh, you know, viable. So what I would say is this, is a couple things. Um, and th- this is, seems pretty obvious, but like your deck has to be consistent, right? So yes. um, I've seen a lot of amazing decks, like a deck that we uh, I played around with a lot was a Cartana. Are you guys familiar with the Cartana from i think it's like unbroken bonds do y'all know that card all no okay basically what it does is it has a false swipe ability where just like i think in the in the game maybe in the in the video game um flip a coin if heads your opponent goes down to 10 hp now which is super (laughs) super powerful right so you couple that with poison and you're one hitting everything yeah okay um deck is super cool but there's just a lot going on with it right you've gotta you've gotta get a poison card which you're either gonna do that with like koga's trap which is your supporter for the turn or mm-hmm. you've got to have like uh garbodor set up so and you might need the glimwood tangle that's the flippy stadium card you know where you yeah. reflip and so super cool deck and man when it hits you can just absolutely you know dump on anything uh but it's not super consistent uh, yeah. now versus like Greedent, Greedent, I feel is like hyper consistent. You've got four quick ball, four great ball and four communication, a ton of Pokemon. So your, your great balls and your communications are super live. 
Um, so you're, you're really getting what you want consistently. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, Excadrill, for example, when you've got three Shinchinos, man, you can, you can see a lot of cards. You can see a lot of cards and you can really do what you want to do. And I've, I've heard someone say this. You want, when you look at your deck, you want to say, how often does it do what I want it to do? Right. So that's question yeah. one. And then question two is, how does it pair up with the meta? Um, mm-hmm. So every deck, every deck right now, I would say probably except ADP has an auto loss to like something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So Senna Scorch, you know, would lose to wire decks. There's not a lot of wire decks. Eternatus gets, you know, smacked pretty hard by like Excadrill. Uh, Peak Rom, same thing. Um, Luke Metal, you know, usually gets bodied pretty hard by like fire decks. Um, yeah. And no one says you can't play Luke Metal because you lose to fire decks. I mean, Luke Metal has been totally kicking butt, right? So then sure. you say, okay, how does it, how does it look against the meta? And um, what I would say is what I'm really excited about is uh, with Limitless is like, I think they're going to add some capability where you can almost like select meta decks and, and, and like pull all the data from all the matchups of all the tournaments that have happened on limitless. Do you know what I mean? Like, and be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a 40, 60 matchup. And so within your testing, you can kind of say, how consistent is my deck? And if you say, man, this deck is pretty consistent. Okay. That box is checked. Next check is what are we comparing it to? the 90% of the meta, which is going to be again at any given time, like six or seven decks and, and kind of see that. And if you do that litmus test and it pass, then like, go for it, man, go for it with that deck. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, that, that's, that would be kind of the, the two questions is how often does it do what I wanted to do? And then just a meta check. And I, I will do that on Excel. I'll be like, I think I've got a 40, 60 on this one. I think I've got a, uh, an 80 20 on this. And then I might even project out like, what am I expect? What percentage of these am I expecting to see? And then you can kind of give yourself a ballpark of outcomes and you can kind of do that math and be like, you know what, with a little, with some decent draws, I could totally, you know, top cut this. So that's kind of what I would say. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's, that's a really, um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I guess like right now, how I even view it too is, you know, I, what you're saying, the consistency. Um, but like my first guess and, uh, and I thought when, when we talked about this with the church shake was like, you have to be able to be ADP right now. And that's, that's you looking into the, the meta and you're thinking long-term, this is more short-term, you know, like if I can't even beat that list, I don't even, I don't even think the the deck is worth, playing competitively right now um so you know that that is those are some really great points when it comes to building a deck and the other thing i want to note is that you know from previous games that jake and i have played and stuff you know the other thing a lot of people gotta understand like one time in the ladder isn't validation it's absolutely right it is you have to play this a bunch of times track your results you know, if you're if you're looking at this competitive, definitely start tracking results in my mind. And you you know you, it's practice, 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 practice because you gotta you gotta you want to see as much as you can if you can with it. Um, so you know, and, and then and what that ends up doing though down the line, at least you know how I think my you know way I play these games now is you might be doing that really early on with decks, and then you know like with with you dan it's you know you saw well i like that you know i like that greed and deck a little bit i'm gonna take it but you've practiced a lot that you understand sequencing and you got that understanding that you can kind of take a deck last second and still be effective with it and go top eight absolutely and that and that's the thing like going back to the second part the meta call and like you talked about atrocious jake mentioning if you can't beat ADP, you can't, you know, you can't play it. That day, like I, I felt ADP is it's trending down. I think it's gonna be about ten percent of the meta, and that's a yeah. that's a decent threshold. And now I wouldn't dream of running greed in, in a, a really competitive tournament because I played in the Crollo on Thursday and I played six rounds and I hit four ADPs. You know, like right. come on, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah. So like the thing you said about testing is so good, and I think 
The other thing about testing is that when you do that, it, it helps you to not be as tilted because what can happen is if you really and truly know, have a good grasp on a matchup and you lose to it in the tournament, you don't have to beat yourself up because you can look back at the tournament and say, did I make a good meta call? And you can be like, you know what? I did. Um, he drew better. He got, you know, he hit the nuts and I, you know, had a slow start. And so I lost a normally favorable matchup. And that's great. If you can lose a game like that and not be like super upset and tilted, that's going to make, allow you two reasons. You're going to be happier. And second of all, you're going to be able to look at things more objectively and not with emotion. You know, like I think back to early games, like uh, last format when you had Malamar with Tina tags, you know, and Mm -hmm. and people are playing against that. And the Malamar player uh, knows is like counting damage counters, right? And like doing the math on how they're going to squeeze you to death. And the other player, a, a less experienced player, like thinks they have this, right? Like I'm, I'm going with them toe to toe. And then they eventually lose the game and they get tilted. Like, oh, he always gets this. Yeah, yeah. you're right. He, he does always have that. Um, so quit running into that wall. Like come up with a different way to do it because you, you may think you're neck and neck, but he's one step ahead of you the whole time and he's had the mm-hmm. thing under control, you know? So um, doing testing i think really helps you because like you said oh man i i I jumped online i played at adp and i just you know bodied him well that's not good testing you know (laughs) yeah one or two times on the ladder i mean you don't know who you're playing it could be a person that you know bought a trainer's toolkit or like a picaram deck or or um or the charizard one and they don't know how to play that and just because you win that matchup even if it's a unfavorable doesn't mean oh you've tested it you know how it's going to go exactly all right well uh jake do you have any more questions for dan because no i think that's about it this is uh very informative i I have a i've learned a lot and i feel that i need to step my game up as far as just scouting out and 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 i'm a player that plays 100 plus matches per you know list i'm going to play but it just seems that i'm still not quite there so i've learned a lot of little little tips from you and i'm going to try to implement them into my game to try to improve absolutely well i appreciate it guys the last thing i would say is just right now especially with the meta it is such a cool time that we can go onto limitless and i do it almost every day i'll pop in there and go to the limitless site and look see what happened the night before Mm -hmm. like it is such a cool time. There's so much open information and you can really, if you feel good about the meta, make, go for that, that jump. Right. And um, you can crank through so many games on PTC Joe fast, right. With uh, you know, when it's shuffling for you and all that, like this is such a good time to get, to get good. I agree. I couldn't agree more than on that point. So uh, do you have any um, shout outs or anything that you want to do before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple shout outs. Um, first of all, thanks. It was, it was really fun uh, to visit with you guys for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, shout outs to just some, some guys uh, in Tyler, Texas, Geek World Games. That's kind of uh, one of our local shops here. Um, they're awesome. Uh, as far as podcasts, I want to give you guys a shout out because um, honestly, like four months ago, I was like, there's not enough podcasts out here. You know, I, I, <laughs> I even thought about making one myself. And then um, the one that was really strong was the tag team podcast. And then yep. in the last few months I found you guys and I found the Metapod and that's been really great for me because I get those opportunities where I can throw the headphones in and go for a jog and listen. So um, shout out to Metapod and tag team Riley and JW are awesome. Yep. Um, also yep. uh, on, uh, on Twitch, a couple guys that I'm a big fan of, uh, one is mind blown TCG, Justin, he's actually here in East Texas in Longview, about 40 minutes from us. He's an awesome guy, super, super chill guy to watch. Another guy I'm a, a big fan is, uh, Jay Sparksy. He's actually a Australian, uh, Twitch streamer. He's usually on in the uh, mornings and evenings, uh, you know, us time, but they're kind of, you know, 12 hours, other side of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's another great guy to watch. So uh, shout out to those guys as well. And, um, and that's about it. Thanks again for coming on, and we'll catch you again in another time. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay tuned after the short break for Count the Money's take on Vivid Voltage. You like Pokemon? We do, too. 
why don't you come join us in our own Discord for the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast and enter into our own League event. We hope to see you there. Check the show notes for more information and the rules for the League. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, thank you. No, really, we, I, <laughs> I hope we can have you on again because this was this was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, I'm, we're definitely, you know... I, I you know watching I love the the decks that you play and stuff so anytime I see a deck post from you I, like I, I swear it's like a day later I have the whole thing built and I'm playing it so thank <laughs> well, you I'll, I'll, I'll keep uh, I'll keep it up and you know there's a new set coming out so uh, we'll see yeah. what kind of spicy stuff we can find yeah definitely oh, real quick real quick though uh, what what are you most excited for from, from Vivid Voltage though like is there a specific card that you're you're thinking oh I, I can't wait to use this I'm so Super, and I haven't tested or anything, haven't done tabletop, but I'm super pumped about Dom Fan Spiritomb. Uh, that is the deck. Like, yeah, um, I'm. I really hope that deck is uh, uh, at least like tier 1.5 because <laughs> I love Spiritomb. Like, I I've been playing Spiritomb for a long time. Um, I actually qualified for. I, I made day two of Limitless Q4 with ADP Spiritomb. That was like my first time. I feel like I I did something notable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but I love moving damage counters around all that, like, uh, those glass cannons. And again, Dawn fan, yeah. do you, are you guys familiar with what the Dawn fan does? Yeah, I actually, yep. in our pre-release, I, uh, ended up pulling a Dawn fan, uh, line for a two, two, obviously it was a, a, a build and battle kit. So the deck was not optimized, sure. but whenever the Dawn fan and the fampies come out, like it is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's, it's similar to extra drill. It's got the one energy, one twenty attack. Yeah, uh, but then you're just getting this. Every time you attack, you're just firing up those spirit tombs. They're just getting, they're just getting fired up on the bench to just come in and smash hard. And then there's but, the Fampy too. He yeah, has an attack where he does like thirty for each damage counter. So I mean, like, yep. uh, that's the deck I'm most excited about. The one thing I would say to watch out for, like, if you're playing that, is I think. Dragapult's coming back with every like with the Dom fans and also just like extra drill being popular again. And um, what was the other one? There was something else that was uh, yeah, the Colossal coming out to oh, yeah. to really push down those um, those alternatives. Right. I think I think you'll see more of an influx of of the uh, Dragapults and the spread damage might hurt that deck a little bit. Yeah, and th- actually, that's that's funny you say that because. Um... My favorite matchup to play uh, last format was ADP Spiritomb against Dragapult. It was such a chess match. Yeah. Uh, as far as when you bench your Spiritombs, moving things around. Um, I ran a Nanu. I don't know if you're familiar with Nanu. Uh, no. Nanu is a supporter from Team Up, and it's, it's still in format, to where basically what you can do is uh, you can take a, a dark Pokemon from your discard pile and swap it with one of your other Pokemon. So what I would do is I would like throw Dene's <laughs> and uh, I just throw up like ADP into Dene and like Eldegoss and I'd yeah. let them spread the damage. And then I, then like, Oh, I've got five damage counters on the Eldegoss. Nano yeah. it, turn it into a Spiritomb and then go smack them. So like, wow, it, was this actually... really fun, <laughs> it was this really fun. It was a really a 50, 50 matchup. I think Dragapult, Dragapult versus pure Spiritomb, I think Dragapult was favored. But yeah. ADP Spiritomb, uh, it was so fun. Because, again, and then you got Shrine, and uh, Shrine's rotated. But you got big charms, and you've done all this. So you're, it was this total, like, hit-and-fade chess match battle. And that was, yeah. I, I, anytime I ran into Dragapult against ADP Spiritomb was so fun. And um, we'll see what that is like. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't totally body Don fan spirit too. <laughs> hopefully not i i hope it's at least you know 40 60 like a winnable matchup but uh for yeah, sure I, I can't i can't wait to see some of the new the new decks coming out and just taking away some of these eternities and and uh, pika roms it's just a it's too much in the meta i think right now <laughs> yeah and I, I i don't know i don't know what can really deal with adp i i, I just don't see adp not being a huge meta share until it rotates unfortunately well yeah i agree especially with all the new toys it's getting um can't wall it off Ugh. anymore <laughs> yeah it's just, yeah it's it's crazy that they just keep doing that and then then that rusted sword's coming out re- even after <laughs> like right before it rotates so it's like okay your your assassins are still hitting for monster numbers it's just ridiculous 
Yeah, and then they give yeah, and they give the uh, the Aegis Slash that just like you know cuts through anything, and you're just like, "Jeez, come on, guys!" You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> but it, yeah, I will but, say yeah. this: it makes it with ADP in the format, it makes it even more gratifying when you are able to have like a rogue single prize or be good because people will say it just can't be done. Uh, but it yeah, can I mean. I'm guilty of that too, and I do want to try to start running some of these single prizes. I think that since uh, the Players Cup run for me is over, and I don't have anything too much to look forward to the, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to try to play your Greed Int deck or something just to kind of hone my game in on those kind of decks. It is so much fun. Uh, trust it? me, yeah. uh, it is. It, I it is one of those games. Like if I'm just trying to get like my ten wins for the for the day, I'll just put that out there. Not because mm-hmm. it's like here's ten quick wins. It's because it's just like here's ten matches of I'm just having a good time. They'll make you and, smile. Yeah, they yeah. they really do, especially when your opponent's just like I don't know what to do right now. Yeah, I I think actually you know I might just do that for the rest of the week because I've been so on the Picarom train trying to prepare for Players Cup the next phase. It, that that's all I've been playing, and it's kind of getting a little stale to me. If you want a deck that's kind of fun, it's it, not tier one, but um, I'll send over my my dark Mewtwo list. It's mm-hmm. fun because um, it's got different tools, like it's got Umbreon and Darkrai to where you can, you know, there's the GX that just, you know, knocks yeah. anything out. Um, or you can also do that as Pale Moon, where you, you know, it's kind of like uh, Horror House, you know, where it yeah. pauses. Um, yeah. It's got the T-Tar in there. So, like, it's pretty fun when you beat an ADP and you beat an ADP by taking out two Dedenes because you're taking an extra prize. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, you just, you just, that, you want a big smile on your face, but like, yeah, you just got to taste your own medicine, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, For sure. a, that's a fun deck. Um, and, you know, decks that have like Sylvali and Disc Reload and like, it's just, you know, it's a fun kind of a flowy deck. I'll send that, that list over again. I'm not saying go play it in the tournament, but it's a fun no, deck. no, no. I know. I just need a, I need a little bit of fun Pokemon because I've been so competitive driven the last, you know, month really. So having sure. a couple fun decks might just kind of reset my mindset before you know the new the new set comes out. All the Absolutely. tournaments. Thank you again for listening to Triple P. The best way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. You can leave us a comment or question on Twitter at PitPokeyPod or on the Triple P Facebook page. We also stream box openings online and live play at twitch.tv slash dukeofhobbies. There you can earn TCGO codes and more. If you have made or know any Pokemon artists, send us a message and we will feature an artist each episode. Gotta catch them all.